I think that just being around cars for a long period of time without actually acting on the things that I wanted to do allowed me to really like fine tune what it is that I wanted as opposed to being like, this is really cool. I have to do it right now. Do this, do this, blah, 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 which there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, that's the approach that most people will go down. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Substance Podcast. I'm your host, Liam. And I'm your other host, Matt. And today's episode, we're just hanging out again in the garage like we do every episode. <laughs> um, we didn't really have anything planned, you know. Not that's for, how, that's not how for, it goes. Not for lack of uh, chatting in the garage for about 30 minutes before we sat down. Yeah, I mean... It's, but we land on something good, actually. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. I think we've, we've got, like a pretty solid idea as to what we're going to do for this episode that I think will be, you know, something that's interesting, at least for us to talk about. Um, we'll find out when you guys listen to it, if it's something that's interesting for you guys to listen to. Um, but yeah, we've, uh, I feel like, I feel like it's been a busy week, but I honestly can't remember what's happened. Um, you've been busy with work. I know that. Yeah. You've had um, working Saturdays. Yeah, that's been ass. But I will say, I am now seven days away from going to Mexico to be with Pal, and I'm losing my mind because I'm really excited about that. And work is just such a fucking blur; it's making the days go by really fast, but that's which I appreciate. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's always good, and I will be starting work here soon. Um, what? Oh, Matt's sitting here with his can of fucking Arizona. I mean, sorry, I can't, I can't say that. With his can of bleep. Um, no free advertising on my Christian podcast. <laughs> this man has put masking tape or painter's <laughs> tape on his can. Like I said, no free advertising in my Christian podcast. That is hilarious. But anyways, um, yeah, I will be starting my new job soon. Uh, actually, I think this week, which... Technically, it's not like a new job. I was going to uh, say, I don't think you really... This is something that I've been doing. Um, I mean, I'll talk about it a little bit openly, but I work with a, a local shop. It's not super local, but it's it's in Cleveland, which is like the next town over. Um, and it's called Two Brothers. It's a really, really dope shop. They like build huge lifted trucks. They're getting more into like the exotic space and working on more cars. And they're opening up a new facility sometime. I, I'm hoping like by the end of summer or something. I don't know all the time frames on that, but I've been doing work for them once a week, uh, making YouTube videos for shit. How long has it been now? I think it's, it's been a while. No, no. It, I literally started doing that the same time that I started doing the podcast. So however many episodes of the podcast we've done, I've done a couple more episodes with them every single week, um, which has been really, really fun. Uh, Those are the guys that I went down to Florida with for GTR World Cup, and they're just great guys. All the technicians there are super cool, Um, and yeah, I get to work with some really cool stuff, and after everything kind of ended with LEP stuff where I'm like, all right, figure out what to do next. I decided that it would be the the smart thing for me to do to actually get into another like 
job job as opposed to just carry on doing freelance stuff and figuring out um, mainly because I'm trying to plan for my future. You know, Chattanooga is where I want to be at. And right now I would love to be in the position to go buy a house because we hate dealing with like rental stuff here. Um, (laughs) We're not even going to get into that conversation because it's just, it doesn't matter what place you rent. You're always just going to run into issues with something or other. And at the end of the day, you're just throwing away money. So I would quite like to buy a house. And I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't say you're, you're still throwing it. I mean, like, there's a roof over my head. So I wouldn't correct. Say there's a roof over my head. But like, the tens of thousands of dollars that I spend every year, I don't get that back in any way, shape, or form. I just live in the house, which. I, don't get me wrong. I appreciate living in the house. That doesn't just, make any sense. To yes, me, it does. It, may, it, it is, is okay. Over 20 years, you know how much fucking money you spend on rent. Even over 10 years, five years, you know how much money you spend on rent. You None of that. that is equity towards the house. You don't own it. This is a, we don't even have this conversation. <laughs> this is not a car conversation. But anyway, what I'm saying is I'm in a position to buy a house, but I can't because I can't get approved for a mortgage because my income is so ridiculously sporadic because I own a business that loses fucking money. So I have decided it is the smart decision for me to get into a job of which I have the amazing opportunity to work with two brothers because I've been working with them. I've developed a great relationship and I'm an asset to them. And so I'm going to be providing them with marketing and more video stuff. Um, And I'm super excited about that because it's something that I already love doing. And now I get to essentially make it my, like, it's not my full-time job. This is a a part-time thing and I'm still going to be working on everything to do with, with substance with Matt and Benny and creating content for my own stuff. Um, but this will just be a lot more stable and hopefully I can kind of structure my life a little better. That's kind of one of the biggest things I've needed for a while is just structure. Structure Um, is unbelievably helpful. And I feel like a lot of people, myself included, take it for granted until you don't fucking have it anymore. Yeah. And And then all of your sudden like, Oh fuck my um, whole life was, Right. <laughs> built on that and I'm, I'm sure that there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast that you know either you're in the like self-employed route or you're like thinking about going that direction um and i don't ever want to like take it away from anybody being like oh yeah you know it sucks it's fucking awful don't do it that's not the case at all it's just it is difficult um and not only just like finding work doing work making the money to pay the bills um just other parts of your life like trying to find structure self-discipline is a really really yeah, hard I thing think, i think that's probably the hardest part for a lot of people myself included yeah in the times where i've had you know whether it was when i was running my own business or when i was doing a 1099 job it's like organizing yourself but even mm-hmm. more than that like self-discipline if nobody if you don't have yeah a boss if you don't have somebody telling you like if you haven't started by this time like you're in trouble it's so easy it's just be like oh i mean an hour is not that much i can just add an hour onto the end of the day or something exactly and it it's just it's it's not something that i want to continue doing like i mean ultimately i want to set myself up to where i have like multiple streams of income where i don't I don't have to work so hard, but that's why I'm like, I've been busting ass through my twenties is cause like by the time I get to my thirties, I want to be able to relax a little bit. You know, I don't want to keep up this lifestyle of running around trying to do a million things as I get older. Nobody, nobody wants to do that. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be starting this new position. And like I said, it's not really a new position. I'm essentially doing what I have been plus more. Um, and it's all stuff that I'm really good at and I'm very confident in, and I love working with those guys. So I'm, I'm fucking pumped on that. And, uh, hopefully that will then allow me to like restructure everything to where I can prioritize certain days for being like, okay, this is when I'm going to be working on substance stuff, or this mm-hmm. is a, this is a content day. Like, you know, say I have Wednesday free. I'm like, all right, Wednesday, I have to make sure that each week I have something scheduled for producing content for my own channel, um, and, and stuff along those lines. So I'm pretty excited to just have any kind of structure. It's been difficult. And like, since the start of the year, I've been pushing for more and more content for the channel, um, which has been great, but just making really good content and putting it out there doesn't pay the bills. Uh, right. so it doesn't, it doesn't matter how regularly I put out content. Um, that doesn't do anything for me. Uh, long-term. Yeah, it does, but you know, it doesn't, doesn't pay any bills or do anything. And it, that definitely does not finish my car that's sitting in front of me. So, <laughs> so yeah, but anyways, uh, moving on from that, before we kind of jump into what it is that we want to talk about this week, I do want to address something that was kind of a big deal for the last episode. I made a huge mistake and, uh, I'll just say I really fucked up and it's kind of embarrassing Um, there was a certain car that I talked about in the last episode and it was a Y33 and I said some things that were basically led from me just having an emotional reaction to it having, you know, some fake parts on it when in reality it wasn't my place or fair for me to judge an entire car based off of that. And I made a lot of assumptions and ultimately just not something I want to do with this podcast. It's not the type of person I want to be. Um, so I apologize for that. Um, for any of you guys that maybe saw that episode and, and know of the car, um, don't take anything that I said, like take everything that I said with a grain of salt. Um, I have since talked to the owner of that car who was obviously pretty upset with the comments that were made. Um, and he clarified a lot of things that I assumed on. Um, and it turns out it's actually a, really, really nice car and 100% worth the money that it is being listed for probably and some. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that I felt pretty bad about that. Um, and, and to make that worse, it actually, I'm so ridiculously stupid that his son actually happened to be a listener of this show and I had not put two and two together in that moment. And I was just talking shit on something that I really shouldn't have. Um, I think, one thing I want to say <clears throat> is, especially in light of this, I think it's important for anybody listening that like li- listened to the last episode and heard that and knows even remotely what Liam is talking about. Um, it's kind of like, I feel like this is not, I'm, I'm not saying like we're going to run into this exact thing, but it is something that the, the nature, the podcast. I was going to say the nature of what this podcast is about. I'm almost positive. This is not the last time, whether it's Liam right. or me are going to run into something where we say one or several things that are really contradictory. Yeah. Um, or just, you know, something that's, it's going to upset someone if we're talking about cars um, especially if we, you know, say some things are bad or whatever, it's 100%. It's something that we have to be very 
cognizant of with this podcast is that like we are I don't we're not ever purposely trying to talk shit. Although yes, what I did last week was I was talking shit. Well, that, that look, 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 cool. look. So this is this is what I'm saying is at the end of the day, all of this stuff is subjective. Yeah. This whole, <laughs> you guys know the disclaimer, but just in case you haven't listened to any episode, but this one, we give a disclaimer every episode or when we can remember <laughs> um, that this podcast, like this is all just our opinions. Yeah. Um, that's, that's literally what it is because it's just me and Liam having a conversation and it's, it's just our opinions. It's what we think. So we go into it knowing that we're not he and neither he or I are experts on any of this stuff. Period. No, no. We'll both tell you that up front to your face. And because of that, I don't want anybody to think that we're like really self-important or we think that like what we say and or think is more important than what you say and or think. Cause it's just not the case, man. It's just no. not. Um, but you know, because cars are subjective um, ultimately it comes down to like, we can feel the way we feel about yeah. a car like that for our reasons, just like you guys can. But I think the important thing that we're taking from this, that maybe, you know, you can take from this without having like been in it, you know, in a situation like this by yourself is like, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, if you're going to like. Why am I breathing so heavily? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Okay. Um, yeah, basically, so it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna express your opinion on something, do it. But like, number one, unless you like want the smoke and you're like good with that, then say whatever the fuck you want in whatever way yeah. that you want. But like if you're like us where it's like, yeah, I want to express my opinion, but it could have some adverse reactions. Yeah. Let me be tactful about how I express my opinion. And Absolutely. that's something that we're taking from this because like, yeah, I was, I wasn't tactful about that whatsoever. I was, I just came out and was bluntly yeah. talking shit on a car. Um, that, you know, although I didn't name whose car it was or said it specifically, it's not like it's a hard thing to find. Um, and especially since, you know, the guy was a listener to that is awful on my part. Um, and it's not something that I want to do. I don't ever want to make anybody feel, um, bad about, you know, being a part of something that I love and, and I know that they love. Um, and so, yeah, I, f I feel pretty bad about that whole kind of situation. Um, and I have, I have talked to them and, and apologize and I, totally understand you know why they would be upset about it um and i'm totally in the wrong for for doing that and that's that's why you know this is this is a learning lesson for us with this podcast although we obviously express our opinions um and we talk about a lot of you know topics that can be controversial um it's important that we're never directly targeting anybody um, we can talk about certain things, certain topics, or maybe things that we don't like, but I think it is pretty important that we're never like this car specifically fucking sucks or this person specifically sucks, blah, blah, blah. That, that just, there's no need for that. And I really jumped the, the gun with, you know, my assumptions about that car based on, you know, something that I saw that I didn't like. And that's not cool. So well, I think, I think like one last thing that I want to say, as far as going back to what I said about like, contradictions mm -hmm. that 
you and I are going to learn and we're going to approach this podcast like this forever after is like, again, we have our opinions. We don't, you know, we don't like fake parts. We don't like when stuff is fucking half-assed. Like we don't, you're not going to change that. Like, I I don't, I don't care what you tell me or what you say to me. That's how I feel. And that's just the way it is. Right. But what I will say, just to clarify, we're not saying that about that. No, we're not. But But what I, on the topic as a whole with our opinions, what I, what I am saying is like something that, you know, came to like a very, uh, a very blunt, like baseball bat to the face about what it was is like, there were some things that were explained that we obviously would not have known otherwise. And that was something where we fucked up where, you know, thinking backwards, we've kind of 50% addressed it because of like me coming from, (laughs) coming from like the perpetually broke thing Mm -hmm. before this in my life where it's like, yeah, I haven't always had like this, that, and the other, um, again, it's not an excuse to half-ass it, but like I think I think what I'm getting at is like if you have the parts that you have that are like fake or subpar or whatever for like a compelling reason, like you don't have, you know, for instance, if you have wheels that are on the ground all the time and you don't have like the expendable income to you know, have really nice wheels. Like if they're like winter wheels or some shit, it's, it's really easy for us, either one of us to be like, yeah, this fit. But, Oh, I mean, ultimately this is back to the subjective thing. Like if it's your car and you have your reasons for doing something, exactly. that's, that's it. totally fine. Who are we to say anything on it? And that, you know, brings me right back to the point of targeting anybody specific. People have their reasons for things. There's absolutely yeah. no reason for me to go out on a whim and, make assumptions or talk shit on anybody's car specifically. Um, so So, yeah, yeah. I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Obviously Liam has, uh, you know, Liam apologized, but I'm not, I'm not hiding over here. I obviously also took part in that conversation. Um, so I apologize too. This, this is something, like I said, we learn from it. Um, you know, we see what we're going to, what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. Yeah. I Um, mean, that, that's also, that's important with this podcast. Like you guys are with us on this journey, like figuring out what works for this podcast, you know, how we do address certain topics. It's not like, it's never going to be perfect. We a hundred percent have to put that out there. Like me and Matt, we're regular dudes. (laughs) We're not TV presenters in a fucking studio on a network. This is two dudes in a garage talking about cars we don't have prompters and you should know because you hear all the dumb shit that comes out of my (laughs) mouth so but yeah no you know we're literally no different than any of you guys hanging out in your garage talking the only difference is there's a camera there's some lights and there's some microphones and you guys happen to listen and see us um but that is why we feel it's important to to tread lightly around certain things um just to make sure that we're not ever attacking anybody personally so yeah Apologies for that. And we're going to make sure that that stays up. You know, I'm not taking that section out of the last episode. If you want to go back and listen to it and see how much of an asshole I was, <laughs> you are more than welcome to, but you know, it's important to me for you guys to see where we fuck up and then actually see us like make an improvement from it. Yeah. Um, Cause we're human and you know, we make mistakes and we want to improve on them and make this show better and be better people. So 
Yeah. Yes, sir. Anyways, jumping into what we want to talk about for this episode, which I actually think is going to be kind of sick. And like we said in the previous episode, every time we like just do an off the cuff episode where it's just like, all right, let's figure it out. Like mm-hmm. as we go, they usually turn out pretty fucking good. Yeah. So I would agree. strap in guys. It's going to be great. Um, oh no. <laughs> Johnny, we, these chairs, man. We're they, just, they creep no, we're I'm just, just kidding. we're just, just breaking kidding. them in. Yeah, That's, yeah, we're, we're, I don't know how long it'll take them to break <laughs> in, but we're breaking it. But I will say, dude, the fact that I can like lean back and put oh, yeah. my arms down and still be like pretty close to the mic. Yeah. It's pretty fucking yeah, nice. The, the, I'm the, not the, lie. the chairs are pretty it's, nice. It's pretty we're we're nice. going to give a shout out to Johnny once yes, again. Big shout AKA out to Coochie Style Flex for buying these chairs. I would really love to be able to fucking. Wait, will you crack that in the mic? Just because ASMR. How are you doing? I'm trying to get my keys out because for some reason my fingers aren't working. What is wrong with you? Just give it here. Let me. No, 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 no. That was amazing. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, That's it for this episode. Thanks. (laughs) Just kidding. So. We actually we Why were am talking I about it on the floor. I have a table right in front right. of me. We were uh we were talking about wanting to do an episode. We actually tried to do an episode like this forever ago where we were talking I think about like almost at the very beginning. Yeah, like we the like, second or third episode. We recorded an episode that was us basically kind of telling our stories of our background in cars, how we got into cars, all of that stuff. And it was like three hours long. <laughs> it was way too long. And we just like... I think the funniest part was like the conversation that we were having like immediately after where for like from for about five to ten minutes, we were like working as a team to try and rationalize why it would be a good idea to put yeah. the episode out. And at the end, like, we were no. like, let's stop fucking... Her. That would no, be terrible. We, we, we dragged it on for a really fucking long time. And like just... It was... I think it was just us like being excited to tell our story that <coughs> both of us just talked for way too long on every specific thing. I feel thing. like everybody's like that though. Yeah. Or yeah. at least most people. But anyways, I think this time we're going to do something similar, um, but it's almost like a sub category of that entire episode. And I think we actually want to talk about some of our background in cars, but also I think mainly we want to focus on how our style has changed and developed over our like can we call it a car career or our like I don't know about a career but like just the time that we've the, been the around time, yeah. cars. Well for me it's been a career but Oh well know, yeah okay yeah but anyway the time that we've been around cars yeah the time that we've been be around cars from when we you know first got into it what we're into and you know how that has changed over the years due to certain things and where we're at now. Um so yeah, where where do we even start with this? What do you wanna What do you wanna do? Um, just one of us jump into kind I guess of where, where we got into cars, what we're into originally. I, I I'm thinking of kind of a funny story with me, so I guess I'll do it first. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Lead. So my first car that I ever had was a 1999 red Chevy S10, like the split head. <clears throat> Excuse me, the uh, the split headlight model. Um. And I got it from my grandfather. Uh, he sold it to me at an absolutely ridiculous price because I was like 18 years old. Um, and he, it was just 
unbelievably low miles. Like I want to say when I got it, it had like 18,000 miles or something. And mm-hmm. this was in like 2011. It was a 99. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he was really meticulous. Like he was clean. He was washing it like every week. Um, so the red paint was just mint. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny because I always think about, I can always remember this moment where I was in the driveway and I do not remember why I was looking under the hood, but I remember looking under there and seeing like on the intake manifold where it said Vortec and I'm like looking at it and I'm looking at the engine and I'm just like, yep, that sure is an engine. I knew absolutely (laughs) jack fuck about cars period end of story i knew nothing like that's how i feel i was well that's how i feel now too but just not (laughs) not to the same level but like dude this is embarrassing but i'll share it with you guys just because substance exclusive there was one point in time where i was that person that like wore their fucking brake pad like completely past the actual pad and I just, I would, I would hear it like screech and make uh-huh. people's eardrums bleed. But I was just like, huh, that's weird for who fucking knows how many months. And then I remember like I brought it into the shop <clears throat> and at the time, like I just went to the shop that my dad went to cause I didn't fucking know any better, but those guys were anyway. Um, but yeah, I remember like he, <laughs> he came out and he like showed me the brake pad and it was like. <laughs> It was so not only was it worn past like the pad to the actual shoe, it was like at an angle somehow. Like, I guess nice. it got like you know stuck in the bracket in a weird way. And I just remember looking at that, like, huh, that's weird. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at right now. Yeah, so it was really interesting that, like, I always think about that moment when I look when I'm looking under the hood, just like I have no idea how any of this works. That mm. that literally might all that literally all of that might as well be like one item. Like it's not a bunch of different parts. It's just just like one one big thing. Um, But anyway, yeah. So I had that car and it's so funny when I think about it now, because the reason I got rid of it is even more embarrassing. So I won't even go into that. I've got, there's been a lot of like me moving cars for really dumb reasons, if I'm being honest. But Mm. anyhow, now that I'm at where I'm at, like, I'm so upset that I didn't have that car at a different point or that truck at a different point in my life. Oh yeah. I mean, if you have that now, dude, that thing would be low and on like goo cars or American racing fives or Dayton, who fucking knows, but that thing would be low and clean as fuck. Yeah. Especially if you're saying it was like perfect condition with like 18,000 miles. It was so good, dude. Any of us would appreciate that now. But yeah, so that was that was like my first car. Okay, so my first car story isn't... I don't even know how to like tell this as a story because technically my first car is the car you're looking at in the garage. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, I know it doesn't make sense. you told me you had... Oh yeah, exactly. So, okay. <laughs> I, I know, I, I got my... Uh, in England, you can't like start learning to drive until you're 17. Um, and so, you know, I turned 17, start learning to drive, whatever. And then like not super long before my 18th birthday, uh, passed my driver's test, got my license, all that. Um, at the time, I really, really wanted 
to like all of my other friends, like the, the one thing I really wanted to do was just go and buy like a six N polo or a six N two polo for like 500 pounds and be like all of my friends. My, fr- my friends are so had, funny. They're like K cars, but in Europe. Not even. They're bigger than K cars. They're well, like, I know that, but like they're right. shaped like fucking K cars. But like all toasters. of my all of my friends basically had polos or lupos. Maybe a couple of them had like a golf because like it's a little different over there. Like paying to insure a car when you're fucking seventeen. It ain't happening. <laughs> like, it's just not happening. So you have to have, like, the smallest engine possible, have five fucking doors on the thing, because apparently two doors, or three doors, sorry, because it's a hatch, is uh, is too much of a high risk for insurance. So mm-hmm. all kinds of things, right? That was what I wanted. I, I wanted to be like the rest of my friends, go and buy a really cheap Volkswagen or some kind of small hatchback that I could just make my own. And unfortunately, uh, that wasn't an option for me. Um, and I don't want this to come across negatively because I'm very, very appreciative. Um, but at the time, I just, I borrowed my parents' cars. Like the the whole time up until me moving to the US, I was just using my parents' cars. We had, we had two vehicles um, and my mom didn't really drive that often. Uh, and so whenever, like my dad works for Ford, so they'd have like company vehicles, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, I just, I just used whatever vehicle was available to me, which was diesel fiestas, uh, always manual. And then once I started driving because I was traveling so much and I needed to like take a lot of stuff with me often and I'd like sleep in the back, I would, we'd, whenever they go to like order another company car, I'd request like, Hey, can we get like something bigger or the biggest thing that I can drive under the like company insurance or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, which was a focus diesel wagon, which is really fucking cool to any Americans. It's very normal over there. But I had a, a 1.6 TDCI, uh, focus wagon, a six speed manual, a really nice car. Like I fucking loved that thing. Uh, and it was like right after Ford did the switch from looking like Fords to looking more like Aston Martins, you know, when mm-hmm. like they, the fusion came out and stuff like mm-hmm. the focus switched over to that. Um, so for me, it was like, it was a really, really nice car. And I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity that my parents would, you know, let me use that. And that obviously aided in me being able to get out and do my job, which was filming. Um, so yeah, that was nice. And, I, you know, as much as I wanted to go and buy like a cheap car, my parents were not cool with me having like a piece of shit on our driveway for me to work on. So it just wasn't, it wasn't an option for me. Um, so I was very thankful to have, you know, nice new car to use to get around. Didn't have the option to like have a shittier car to build and express myself. But, you know, I can't really complain at yeah. all. Um, but yeah, that really that my first car story, the reason that I say that like my first car is the one that's in front of us, my LS 400 is because when I moved over to the U S um, which I don't need to get into the entire story, but my family moved over to the U S also. Uh, like I said, my dad works for Ford. Um, I was born in the U S and so I am a citizen. I'm the only citizen in my family. Uh, so when the opportunity came around for, you know, my family to move back over here for my dad's work, I wasn't like included in that deal, but because I'm a citizen, I was like, okay, I'm going to piggyback off of them moving. 
Um, so that's what I did. Liam um, was like hanging off the fucking wing of the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I did get a, a flight. It's like Ford's policy that you have to fly business class. So we had to fly business class to come over here, which was nice because I'll probably what, never what, do that again. I was going to say, what a struggle. Yeah, I was like, I, if if there was an option for them to just give me the money for that business class ticket, mm-hmm. I would have taken it because I could have bought a car with it. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, when I moved over to the US, it was kind of the same story as how it was when I got my license in the UK. It was using my parents' cars. And once we moved over here... Um, they had the option to have, you know, a third car, which was perfect because it meant that I could actually have one that was mine and I could go off on my own and not really ever like affect, you know, my mom needing to go get groceries or whatever. Um, so yeah, as soon as I moved to the U S and I had the access to be able to get a Mustang, I did Mm -hmm. because I had grown up obsessed with American cars because we didn't have them in Europe. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I fucking love Mustangs. I always love Mustangs. I moved to the US. Of course, the first thing I'm going to do is get a Mustang. So yeah, I mean, the, the story continues with that, but it ended up where I got to a point where me buying my first car that I actually bought, the rest of them, all these company cars, these were company leases. So they weren't technically mine, although I was paying for them. The LS, the LS is, is my actual car. No, if, if you have driven the car on a regular basis for the cut, for the sake of context here, it's your car. I'm not claiming anything as my car unless I bought it. If it's a lease, that's not, well, that's true. Cause I feel like if I lease something now, I would still consider it my car. I just, I never considered those because it was something that was not an opportunity for anybody to do. And I had that opportunity that I did never count that as my car. And that's why I never like modified any of those cars. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah okay. And I, I consider the, the LS 400 was my first car because I actually, I bought it and it's mine and I got to express myself. Everything else was just, this was the car that I got to use for this period of time. And I was paying for, <laughs> you're going to have to stagger yourself because I've had quite a few cars <laughs> because I'm an idiot. So you're going to be like, and then this was the next stage of the yeah. LS and I'm going to be like, and this was the next car. So, well, no, there, there's, there's more that intertwines with that story, but I just wanted to give the first car story. Cause that's what you did. So mm-hmm. wherever you want to go next yeah. from there, you, so, you lead and I'll follow. Um, from there, I don't even remember. My friend Austin Tillerson, shout out to Austin. I think I mentioned him in like three episodes so far. I need to tell him that. But anyway, well, I guess. Do you want to talk about like the kind of cars that you were into at the well, time? Well, that's that's what I was. Okay, yeah, cool. I was going about to lean into that one. Um, so basically, I'm pretty sure I was still driving the S10 because I was driving the S10 when I got out of high school, mm. and me and Austin were friends in high school, and the only people. He was one of the only two people that I knew that were like even remotely in my sphere at that high school that were like into lowered cars and cars with camera and all that. Um, And I remember he and a friend of his who was like an acquaintance of mine, I guess his name was Nico. Nico had a Miata that was absolutely fucking dumped. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Austin had uh, an S13 that he still has to this day, actually. Mm. Um, that was it was pretty low, actually. It was pretty low on on battles, I think, at the time. Um, and we were just, I don't know, like I was, 
I only ever saw him in school. So mm-hmm. I never like knew what kind of car he had or, you know, whatever. And I remember going to this target by my house and I saw him and Nico sitting in the parking lot and I'm like looking at there. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like I had never, I guess seen or otherwise noticed cars like that. Cause there weren't really a lot in my area, at least at that time. Yeah. And so I pulled up there. I was like, Oh dude, what's up? And he's like, what's up, man? I'm like, yo, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What, what is happening here? And he's like, Oh yeah, dude, this is my 240. That's Miata. And I was like, that's fucking cool. I've never seen cars like, like that before. Yeah. Cause remember at this point in time, I still knew nothing. Yeah. I knew absolutely nothing. So, um, I think I started, I met Austin at an import Alliance in Atlanta. This was like maybe 2013, mm-hmm. maybe 2012. Actually. I don't remember, but this was back. I mean, this was, I honestly don't even remember like after the pandemic, like what import Alliance Atlanta is looking like, but like at this time it was still like fucking absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Like there's like a million fucking people. Like we were waiting, trying to get into the stadium for like four hours, just chilling in the car. Um, but I had, you know, I went from only ever seeing Austin's and Nico's cars to like an entire fucking stadium full of these fucking cars. And I was like blown away. Mm -hmm. I I was like, what, where the fuck have all of these been? How have I never seen any of these? Yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, I, as you can imagine, I was just like looking around, just like intaking everything and. So, you know, I kind of caught on to like, you know, camber, lowered cars, this and that. And I got an Instagram, came out in like 2013, I think. I got an Instagram like not terribly long after that. Um, But I remember seeing a DC5 over there. And I was like, holy fuck, that is cool. Like, especially because it was a second gen like mine was. So, like, the back of that car, I don't care. The back of that car will always be the number one. It's the number one rear end. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hate that I just did that. Um, the wing, you, They came with that wing, right? Was that wing well, factory or no? It was. Like, it was an OEM wing, but they didn't all come with that. Okay. But, like, the one that I saw did have the wing. Um it did have the type R wing and just the way that they look like the, the really thin taillights, especially on the second gen. Cause they didn't have the teardrop. So it was mm-hmm. just like really thin. And then you have the three like dots. I just seeing the back of that, the whole car obviously, but like the back of that, I'm like, Holy fuck. Mm. The even sitting behind one of those in traffic would be cool. Cause they look so good. So anyway, I like locked onto that shit. Yeah. And again, I I have like these little like flashes, very specific memories. And I remember sitting in my bed on Instagram, just scrolling through like lowered RSX, lowered DC five, whatever. And I just remember like seeing all of these photos of like the rear end with camber that matched the body lines. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it, dude. Yeah. I fucking want that. 
And so I ended up selling my S10 for a really dumb reason. Um, and I am so grateful that I'm privileged enough that my parents were in a position where I was able to find one and we went to the dealership and my mom was with me and she paid the whole down payment for me. Yeah. Like that's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, you know, that's something that I, especially with, you know, what came with me getting that car, like where I'm at right now is because I was able to get that car and none of that would have happened if my mom yeah didn't cover the, the down payment for me because they've always been really, really supportive of me. That's, you know, that's another yeah. thing that I really, really appreciate about my parents. Um, but anyway, so I got it. It was a magnesium metallic and it had the type R wing and it had an OEM a spec kit. I didn't realize like how cool that was until like much later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I get it and Oh my God, literally the, (laughs) the first fucking week it is completely stock and I'm like coming down this hill at this business near my house and I didn't fucking know any better. And it was like a 45 degree angle into a flat street. Mm -hmm. And I fucking took a chunk out of my A-spec lip. The first week I had the car. Okay. I could not describe to you how fucking pissed I was. And the really ridiculous thing is I as per usual at that time, I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. That chunk was out of that fucking lip for such a long time. And I was so desperate for it not to look like ass. I shit you not. I was so I actually started working at Honda. Like once I got interested in that stuff, I was like all in. I was like, okay, well, I have to go work with cars now. Yeah. So I left my job that I was in at the time and I started working at Honda. I was just doing express stuff, but like I was working at Honda. And so I remember the big chunk that like came out of the bumper. I like, I had it. Like I kept it. Yeah. What I would. <laughs> What I would do, and this was like a consistent process because it would like, it would just break and shit over and over again. I would sit, I would get touch up paint for magnesium metallic. I would get head gasket or I would get gasket sealer and like basically glue the fucking chunk back in the hole and then use the touch up paint to paint the gasket sealer. Man, so it was like it was like a fifty yard fucking lip. Yep. The things we do when we don't know any better. Dude. Well, really I mean, it's like I would I would probably execute a little better, but at the time, like I didn't, you know, I didn't have any other choice. But I was right, boy, right. I was I was gonna make sure that thing was at least a twenty five yard car. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, so the whole thing with that um kind of started with the specific you know, me seeing the rear end yeah, and then going home and getting on Instagram and seeing like the rear end with camber that matched the body lines. Mm-hmm. And that was just it for me. I was like, that is the coolest. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. And from there, I mean, I feel like just kind of how it is for all of us, just like over time, I started to learn like what platforms are what, right, right. what looks good. This and well, what looked good at the time anyway. Um, and I just, 
much like I do now, I always really liked like motorsport, really not sport is not the right word, really aggressive shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, oh no. Are you fucking, oh, hold on a second. Sorry about that, guys. The uh, the camera, uh, this seems to be a regular thing now. The camera likes to overheat, which is uh, less than ideal because I need this thing to do everything. So, um, yeah, uh, we have a fan running on it now. And if you guys can hear that in the background, I apologize. Uh, but it's kind of a necessary thing for the camera not to destroy itself, <laughs> apparently. But anyways, so, um, go back to what you were saying. Oh, like, okay. So that was kind of like where my style began. And I'll, and I'll like wrap up that stage just so we can, you know, talk about yours. But like the thing, weirdly enough, still to this day, and my TSX is next, is next in line Mm -hmm. for this, where I got the car stock. It just happens. They're both actors actually, but I got the car stock and I did everything. I modified everything. Um, And I was able to build it in the way that, like, that was my style that Mm. I had in my head. And I've said it before, and it's like, I really like these these really like cyberpunk looking fucking futuristic kind of gritty kind of thing um and i kind of wanted to do that street sport is kind of how i would describe it like okay. it's a streetable car it, it wouldn't look absolutely ridiculous in the context of like seeing it on the road but it would also it's fucking I don't know. Like, it looks like, oh, that, that thing is mean as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and that was, you know, that was the direction that I went with it. And there was just different stuff that I did that, you know, much like I always am, uh, I'm doing the best I can with what I had. And it was kind of like a couple things of that nature. Okay, let me rewind just a little bit. I did all of the things that we all do when we get into it. Yeah. I plastic, plastic dip the wheels black. Mm-hmm. Um, there for a little while, I had the fucking, the fucking front lip that was basically like garage sealer or whatever, the stuff that goes on the bottom of garage doors. I had the lip like that. Um, I was literally, <laughs> I had the, uh, the little, there's nothing wrong with bumper clips, but I had like the really obnoxious ones that were popular on Hondas back then, Mm -hmm. which granted when I did lower it, I ended up using it probably more than I would have imagined. I would to like take the, but I got pretty good at taking the fucking bumper off that thing. Yeah. But if people with like stupid low cars saw me, they'd be like, "Eh, okay. (laughs) But like anyhow, um, yeah, so I had those. And then one thing that I actually, appreciate so much that I'm probably going to do it on the TSX also because technically the brakes are even bigger. Um, I painted my calipers red and then I got these Acura decals that were like, uh, I don't know how to say they're like skewed. So they're like an arch. Okay. You know what I mean? They make them into an arch. So it would make sense on the the caliper then. Yeah. So I, I sprayed it. 
um, in a, in my driveway where you basically just like cover everything with a plastic bag yep. and then just spray it because yep. I was a fucking noob. Um, but yeah, then I got those decals and spent like 10 minutes trying to get them on there like perfectly. Mm-hmm. And luckily I did. And then I clear coated them like rattle can clear coated them Over with the like the highest, decals, yeah. the highest temperature, like clear coat that I could find. And it looked fucking good. And I was honestly really stoked how it turned out. I'm probably going to do the same thing on the TSX. Just I'm painting it black for now. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so that looked really good. Um, I was so, I was so about it, about it. And I wanted my car to like look mean and like stand out. I literally bought off the internet. I bought like headlight bulbs or no. No, 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 no. Running light bulbs that were red LEDs. Mm-hmm. And I would pull up at shows. I would park my shit, pop the hood, and replace my fucking running lights with the red ones. <laughs> with the red ones. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, but anyway, that was kind of where my style started, was like the street sport idea where it's like really cyberpunk. Like, it would look really fucking cool driving on the street at night. Like... Take, you know how Night Runner's FRS, like the OG Night Runner FRS was? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that, but it was more me. I know that doesn't really make sense to anybody but me, but like that was kind of the vibe that I was going for. And I knew nothing about his car at that time. Yeah. Um, and it got better over time, as you can imagine. It was just little things here and there the whole time, little things here and there. I want to say like the thing that I used to do to to be more excited is I would stockpile shit. I would like, I would get a bunch of parts and then like, especially like bolt-ons for engine shit, I would get a bunch of parts and then put them on at the same time. So I'm like, I drive a Ferrari now. This (laughs) thing is so much faster. Like, and, uh, but yeah, you know, it, I did the same shit that we all do. I fucking, yo. I spray painted the rising sun oh, no. with an Oni mask on my fucking valve cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, Fair. dude, we all start at yeah. this place. It's so funny because it was just me. I didn't, I didn't have anybody to be like, Hey Matt. Yeah. That's kind of hokey. Like well, maybe, maybe just playing it like wrinkle black or like wrinkle red or something, but yeah. maybe don't do that. I didn't have anybody to tell me that. So I was just like, it was fun, but like looking back at it now, like I am, I'm like, damn, son. <laughs> yeah. So it is funny that you say that we all go through that and that like everyone's on that. Yeah. I didn't. But I'm going to tell you. Of course you, you did it. No, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys why I didn't. Um, and so my like my journey with cars and how my like style has changed over the years has 100% been based around like me being involved with cars, but never having a car. Mm, so you already had like taste going into it. Exactly. So like my taste with cars started obviously with me growing up in the UK, um, whatever is accessible to me there. And so when I was like really, really young, the thing that like piqued my attention was wanting to go to these custom car shows Mm -hmm. my dad i I could tell my dad didn't ever really want to go to them but i would like make him take me and my friends uh i think we went a couple of times but there was uh 
the main like drag strip that's in England is Santapod. Mm-hmm. And once a year, they had the Fast Show, which was, I don't know whatever else was going on. I feel like there was some motocross stuff and some monster trucks, whatever. But the thing that I was interested in was that they had a car show and it was all like, it's it spoke on. It was yeah. all spoke on like style cars. And this was, this is like pre 2010. So it's not like, it's not like early 2000s, um, but this was definitely before 2010. And I would just lose my fucking mind at this shit. Like yeah. all the, you know, crazy bright colors, the attention to detail, these insane interiors, like loud music, all the like women in skimpy clothes walking yeah. around. I was like, what a cool lifestyle. I love this. <laughs> this is sick. And I'm like eight years old. Um, but that's, that's where my like initial kind of tasting cars came from. Like I've always been obsessed with cars and things that allow to move. You know, I, I love trucks and Mustangs from a young age because they were loud and I thought that that was cool. Um, and yeah, it was, it was when I would go to this, you know, this show at Santa pod that I was really like exposed to expressing yourself through your car. Yeah. And you know, the fast and furious movies coming out too. It's kind of the same thing. And, I didn't really do a whole lot to do. I didn't get like involved with cars until I had my driver's license because I, you know, I was not asking my parents while I was in high school to take me to car shows. Right. It just wasn't happening. Um, but as soon as I got my driver's license, I was like, okay, I got to go to like whatever any of the big shows are, or I need to be at like every fucking meet that's going on on a weekend, mm. whatever. Um, and the big thing in uh, in the UK that like revolved around expressing yourself through cars was the Volkswagen scene. Yeah, um, it's I think it's pretty different now, but at least back when I was getting into it, um, which is like you know twenty thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, the car scene in England was like if you were gonna do stance like you were going to have low cars good fitment stretch tires all of that stuff it was volkswagens Mm -hmm. the the japanese scene was like exclusively drift cars and they had shows that were separate for each like they had jap shows and they had euro shows and they never really like crossed over uh the few shows where they did was like players and that's why i've always held players to such a high standard is because you know players and players classic have been shows where like everything is welcome, but it's all to a specific style. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I'd go out to meet like every weekend with my friends, whether I was riding with them or they were riding with me, we'd go out to car meets and just walk around, look at stuff and take it in. And and the things that always drew my attention were 100% the cars that were low with tight fitment. They were super clean and they didn't have to be crazy. Like every car that I would walk up to, like if I saw some crazy shit, I'd be like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. But the cars that really but got that, my that attention. That wasn't like your thing. No, the cars that got my attention were like the really, really clean ones that had crazy good fitment and they weren't like crazy bright colors, blah, blah, blah. It was mm-hmm. always just like more subtle stuff. Um, and like I said, I always wanted to do the same shit that my friends did, which was, you know, buy a really cheap car and make it my own. And I never had that opportunity to do so. But in watching all of my friends go that route, you know, I learned a lot. Like I was around mm. all of that stuff and that that definitely helped shape my my take on, on style. Um, and it was 
pretty much right before I moved to the US that I started getting really serious. Mm. And that's when LEP Automotive actually started. Um, LEP, before that, pre, pre-2014 LEP was just a media company and I shot a lot of stuff with action sports. I worked within like the scooter industry for a really long time. And I made my like switch over to cars when I started taking that seriously. I was like, yeah, I want to go to car shows. Like I have my video skills down. Like, yeah. If I go to a car show, I can make a sick car show video. And at the time there was really only like a handful of people in the UK that were like making sick videos. And yeah. I was just seeing all the stuff that was being put out in the U S like crispy and Halcyon, those guys, they're putting out super, super sick videos. Mike cozy like they're making really, really good videos in the U S I'm like, man, there's so many good shows in the UK and nobody's making videos. I was like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. So I started making videos and sure as shit, like not long into it. It's like, Hey, uh, my family's like, hey, we're moving to the U.S. in three months. You want to come with? <laughs> or like, are you staying here? I'm like, yeah. I'm well, I'm fucking moving to the U.S., <laughs> but also this sucks because I just started building my reputation. Just for like, caught your stride. Yeah, I literally, I swear, if I'd stayed in the U.K., I think things would have gone like he very differently. would be the president now. Yeah, yeah. I'd be the president <laughs> of the U.K. No. <laughs> That's not even a thing, is no, it? No, it is not. That's so funny. Um but no, it, it definitely would have been I different. I think my audience would have been very different. Um, but I, I just started, you know, picking up some traction with my video stuff in the UK. And then I just up and fucked off to the US. <laughs> and so it, it's like, all right, ground zero, got to start over. Um, but as soon as I moved to the US, like, I'm not going to say my style changed, but the way that I would interpret stuff was like totally different. Yeah. Like I had, I had grown up around seeing people basically whatever they could get their hands on is what they were building. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I'm sure it changed because all of a sudden you have everything Yeah. as opposed to just like, yeah, you know, small three and four cylinder Volkswagens. Like you exactly. go from it just was, that to fucking everything. It was, it was, it was very interesting. Because like obviously all I had known is people having very cheap Econobox cars that they then like just spend forever and so much money making their own and making them incredible works of art, and that's that still sticks with me today. That's one hundred percent my mindset on cars is you know work with what you have and make it your own. Um, you don't need to have you know the crazy expensive car to begin with or the cool car to begin with. The whole point of expressing yourself through the car is that you make it cool. If right. the car is already cool on its own. What like yeah, you can always make a car cooler, but I think it's way better to take a car that's like not that cool yeah. and make it like absolutely sick to anybody else. But yeah. but anyway, when I when I moved over to the US, um, I was immediately exposed to American car culture in the I lived in Detroit, uh, where street racing, drag racing, all of that stuff is fucking huge. Yeah, Woodward. Is so it, it's yeah. Woodward right now. It is. Okay. It is. Yeah, Woodward. I. I discovered woodward pretty quick um which is pretty much a road that goes from downtown detroit out to the suburbs and it's basically where street racing originated uh like the big yeah, that's obviously what i the, heard because they would make all the fucking cars right there yeah so the, the big three and, the big three is all up there and you know they would take the cars out and just like people who worked for ford gm and whatever like they were racing the fucking cars against each other when they'd make them back. Yeah. I don't know when I can't speak on this. Like I'm a historian, but 
it was uh, probably a pretty long fucking time. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was interesting to immediately be exposed to essentially any night of the week during the summer months. If the weather is nice outside, there's going to be thousands of people just on the side it of the was, street or cruising up. It and was down. the coolest fucking thing when I went up to Detroit when I met all of my Michigan and Detroit friends for the first time. Yeah. Shout out all of you guys. I would love to name all of you, but I'd be here for another two minutes. But I love all of you guys. Um, but anyway, the first time that I went there, DJ was like, yo, we have to go to Woodward. Yeah. Like, while you're here, that's just, you have to do it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. And I had never, it was so, and I actually had, this was when I had the Crown Majesta at mm-hmm. this time, the first time I went up there. Um, and I was just like, this is, I would... I would never be home during the summer. I would literally just be out here just trolling around my friends all the fucking time. Cause like we all, we did, we all pulled up. There was like, fuck, there was like nine or 10 of us. I think Mm -hmm. that like most of the nights that we went out and we all just fucking pulled up to like this shop that had like an empty, you know, parking lot. There were just like, it was a line of space. It wasn't yep. even like a lot. It's it was all, like it's right all just up businesses that are alongside Woodward and then they yeah. have the, the diagonal parking space. Exactly. And, yeah. and we all just fucking pulled in and we were just chilling. I was yep. like, this is, this is it, dude. Because yep. like in Atlanta, that was the thing is, like I said, before me, it was just like in my sphere anyway. It was just like Austin and Nico. Mm-hmm. And there for a while, it was like just me. And then it was me and my friends Josh and Brayden. Mm-hmm. And then later, my friend Joe. You met Joe. And, um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was like us. But like that was it. Like I didn't, I didn't have a lot of like – I didn't have a sphere. And when you have that small of a group of friends, like – you can't all hang out all the time. People are right. busy. You know right. what I mean? I can't, I can't, I, it wasn't a situation where I could just like, whenever I fucking felt like it just hit somebody be like, Hey, you want to go cruise? Yeah. It would happen sometimes, but like Woodward is crazy. Like you don't even, you could literally just go out there and fucking meet people. Yeah. Cause everybody's just chilling. Like, that, that's what I did. Like, okay. So when I first moved to the U S I moved at the very end of December in 2015, um, so it's the middle of winter. There's absolutely nothing going on. And my first actual experience with cars um, was that I found a guy on Instagram that coincidentally, before I moved to Michigan, um, I'd started looking around for YouTube videos to see if there were any like car scene videos Mm. um on youtube and i came across a guy who had a youtube channel that was making videos similarly to how i was um that had filmed a huge meet at belle isle which you know that is it's 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 basically you know downtown detroit there is then an island that comes off of downtown that's kind of in the river between america and canada and belle isle is sick and they used to do these meets there that were fucking huge and shout out to steve sanker because he was the guy that put those on back in the day um i don't know if there's still a thing but anyway i came across this guy's videos from a video of that event and i deep dived into his channel and just like looked at some of the other stuff and i figured out that he lived on like the other side of the state but he also had a cool car mm-hmm. he had a g37 sedan um <clears throat> excuse me that was bagged he had wcis 
And it was just like, it was a cool looking car. Like it was, it was a stance car and I'd never really been exposed to that besides like really clean Volkswagens over in the UK. Yeah. Excuse me while I take a sip. <coughs> I got like a really... You didn't have to do it right into the mic, Liam. <laughs> I got like a really scratchy throat thing for a second. Anyways. So as soon as I moved over to the US, I hit this guy up and was like, hey, I just... Like I literally just moved to the country. I just moved to like Metro Detroit. Do you want to link up and like film something or do something? Like, I'd fucking love to. I know that you have a cool car. Like, let me film a video with it. And he was super cool. And he was like, Yeah, dude, fucking plan a trip. Like, come over here. Like, we can film it. Like, we can do it all in a day. And he lived in Grand Rapids. So it's like a two hour, maybe two and a half hour drive from where I lived. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went over there, uh, met up with him at his house, and we just started shooting. And. This guy, I didn't have, I didn't have a gimbal at the time, which was like a super necessary thing for filming cars. Back then, it was not affordable. Yeah, I mean, it was like sixteen hundred, two grand to get a gimbal, and I was not in a position to buy one. Um, but he had one, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah, if you want to use it to like shoot the video of my car," I was like, "Fuck yeah, I do. That's awesome." And he had a drone too, so like, we made this pretty sick feature on his car, um, and. That was just a good connection to make, like as soon as I moved to the US. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up linking me up with a couple of other people that he knew closer to me um, that I could like maybe film videos with or meet up with, whatever. Um, and funnily enough, the first show, which I've talked about this before, I won't get into it in detail, but the first show that I filmed was Import Alliance because I saw that there was like a gap in the market to film it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that guy whose car that I filmed, he lent me his gimbal for Import Alliance. So that Import Alliance after movie would never have happened in the way that it did if he had not, you know, came through for me and let me borrow that. Networking. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) The throwback to the episode with Pete. And actually, I'm going to take it a step further and tell you guys who that guy is because this this completes the story and makes it fucking hilarious. So the guy that I met up with that I linked with like before I moved to the U S and like, he was the first car I shot and he helped me out with like using the gimbal, blah, blah, blah. His name is Frankie LaPena. And I don't know if any of you guys listening to this or watching this recognize that name. Um, but he is the guy that basically blew up, uh, a year or two ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, but for like the green screen Oh, the one shit, that looks like you? The one that kind of looks like me and everybody <laughs> tags me all the time. That is a good friend of mine, Frankie. And uh, yeah, he's, he's got tons of viral videos now of him like running around with a huge fat ass and like security <laughs> running around with him. And he does the green screen things. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, you can look him up, Franklin LaPena. But uh, it's really funny that people tag me in his videos all the time saying that it's me because we both have, like, thick mustaches. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I ain't going to lie to you. It's a little bit more than the mustache is the reason why you guys look alike. But Do I have a dump truck, too? No. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately not, but no, uh, there are other. But, but anyway, uh, yeah, Frankie was the first person that I actually like shot with in the U S and he actually helped me out a ton when I first came over here. And so very appreciative for, uh, for Frankie helping me out with that and lending me the gimbal. And, uh, you know, we still, we still stay in contact. We still talk all the time. It's just, it's, it's really funny that 
it just so happens <laughs> to be the person that has viral videos that people tag me in all the time thinking it's me. Uh, it's not, but maybe we will do a collab at some point because <laughs> everybody's kind of expecting that to happen. Um, but, but yeah, that's, where was I going with that? Oh, okay. So me moving to the U.S. Sorry, I feel like I dragged that out on a tangent for a really long time. <laughs> me moving to the U.S., I was exposed to the American car scene. And back to the Woodward thing, uh, you see a lot of everything there. Ooh, I'm so sorry. You see a lot of everything there. And that being, you know, Japanese cars, European cars, American muscle, whatever. Like all kinds of crazy shit. Um, but because it was Detroit and the biggest most popular thing was American cars. That's kind of what I got involved with initially. Mm -hmm. It was most of my friends were big into drag racing. Um, I became close friends with good friends, Brian and Joe. Uh, they both had CTSVs. Brian had a CTSV wagon. Um, and I was really close with them for a long time. And, and we did a lot of cool shit together. Uh, a lot of stuff with their cars and traveling for other events. And they're both doing their own thing. Now, Brian is building a crazy SN 95 and it's actually the same car that he's had for a really long time. And Joe's got a, a badass 2018 Mustang, but, um, yeah, they exposed me to a lot of like American car culture, drag racing, street racing, big power build, stuff like that. And it wasn't, it didn't really ever like pick my fancy that much. I did it because it's, you know, that's what my friends were involved with. It, it's yeah, it's yeah. cool. It was interesting. I'm not competitive natured at all. I don't, you know, I like adrenaline kicks, but I'm not really like, I don't know. It's just, it's just no, not my thing. I, yeah, I get that. Um, but it, you know, it, it fit for the time being because, you know, these were good people. I love being around them. I love being around this car stuff. And obviously at the time I was driving a Mustang. So I kind of just fit in with that group and that was fine. But I was always traveling south for car shows, mainly stunt shows, so like Slammed Enough, Tuner Evo, whatever else. And it was really then that I started kind of finding little niches and groups that I fit in with. Mm. And I think it was seeing my first kind of few VIP cars was where I was like made up my mind as to yeah. where I want to go with cars. Um, but yeah, back to the point of you saying like everybody goes through this. So like everybody starts in that phase where they're like plaster dip everything and just do a bunch of ghetto shit because they like, you want to have a cool yeah, car. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't have a frame of reference. Right. So. I didn't do that. Um, because it wasn't an option for me to have a project car. And so I never expressed myself through cars, but I was always involved with cars. And that's why when it finally came time for me to actually like get a car, build a project car, I've come out with this LS that's like, okay, that's, it's a little excessive for a first time build. Like this thing is not just like parts bolted on. There's a lot of stuff that's, that's really quite intense and most people don't want to take on. Um, but that's because I'd spent, you know, such a long time being a sponge. I'd literally just been right. involved with cars. I'd taken in so many different takes on things. I'd seen so many things that I'm like, I like that, or I don't like that. And I think that just being around cars for a long period of time without actually acting on the things that I wanted to do allowed me to really like fine tune what it is that I wanted yeah. as opposed to being like, this is really cool. I have to do it right now. Do this, do this, blah, 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 which there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, that's the approach that most people will go down. Well, uh, you well, just, that's, that's what I'm saying go. is you, you had a frame of reference. Not, exactly, not everybody yeah. comes in with and a frame of reference. 
also, like you said, you didn't have somebody to guide you. Right. I, I've had so many people to guide me from so many different subcultures, mm-hmm. you know, people in drag racing stuff, people in the stunts, Euro scene, just so many people that can give me like advice or pointers or things to look for. Um, so I've, yeah, I've been pretty fortunate to, to have that kind of that, that guidance mm-hmm. from the whole community in, in how my taste is with cars now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a, cool cool journey like just getting to that point and just it's it's nice to reflect on it and see like you know what i was into yeah well what's funny is i'm like i'm mentally planning how i'm gonna go through the number of cars that i've had Mm -hmm. because it's like so i feel like i just like really slowly interrupted you just now no okay all right so i was i was talking for a a long time. <laughs> no, you're good. I want to get back to the VIP thing and like how that's my style now, but I I want you to to talk on. So my I one thing I kind of forgot that went in, you know, in unison with me kind of like meeting Austin and starting that happened at the same time that I started to get into like Need for Speed Underground. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That so, was that was definitely in that it came out Need for Speed Underground came out a good few years before I latched on to it. I am a boomer in several ways. One of those ways is I that did the same thing. I'm also I'm always very late to shit like that. Um Well, I wasn't you're probably the same as me as like I wasn't the cool kid that had like every new piece of tech like right as it yeah. came out. So like I didn't get a PlayStation 2 until like PlayStation 3s were out. Yeah. So like I was super behind on all of that stuff. But well, I went yeah. straight I went straight to Need for Speed. That was and like it, that was my and thing. And it never really bothered me, but like I played Need for Speed Underground on a GameCube. Mm. Like I really wish that I had you know a PS2. I, I wish I wish I could have by happenstance gone down the Gran Turismo route. Yeah, because I would probably be like twice, like somehow I would be twice as involved as I am right now. Probably if more, I was more knowledgeable. Yeah, from the if I was exposed, you know, to Gran Turismo. But anyway, um, so unfortunately for me, well, I say that it was totally my fault. Um, but I crashed my RSX mm. um, because I was really, really. I was really, really agitated one day and I just did not have patience for anything. And it happens. We've, we've all been yeah. There. And I was, it was just a bad situation all around. And there was two cars in front of me and I was trying to fucking get somewhere. And there was two cars in front of me. And the one at the front of the line were like these old people. I didn't know it was old people. I kind of assumed it was, but whatever. And essentially, it was one of those things where you have a neighborhood. In this situation, there was a neighborhood on my left. Mm -hmm. And they had like the middle lane that becomes a turn lane to get in the neighborhood. And then you have the two going the two directions. Mm -hmm. So they're literally like going like two miles an hour. Like that shit people do when they like don't know where they're at. And they're trying to decide like, should I take this turn? Is this the right one? So they were doing that, and they were doing it for like a good 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm already pissed off after 15. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm fucking done with this. So my dumbass is like, well, I can just pass them using the middle lane, and I won't like go into the lane where people are driving towards me. Yeah. Well, sure enough, I fucking downshift and I floor it, and they turn. 
they turned to go into the neighborhood. So you just floored it right into them. Exactly. And so it knocks them. I, I don't even fully understand the physics of how this happened, but I remember this is how it happened because I ended up like the back half of my car was in like a ditch because there was like a – that detail doesn't matter. But the point is somehow my car like spun around around them after I hit them. Mm-hmm. The whole – the fender and the door, it looked like Godzilla took his fingernail and just like – went through it it was very strange but it was fucked it was absolutely totaled um and it was you know my fault and there's a whole bunch of like bullshit that i can go into about that accident but it doesn't really matter the point is i wrecked it i was fucking gutted about that as you can imagine because it was not only was it like my first cool car it was the first car that i had like built and i had finally got it to where you to like it to, to be like in. phase yeah. one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I had so many plans for it and all this shit. Well, anyway, so I totaled it, and I I worked. That was my. That's been the theme with me that led to a lot of this like car shuffling because I only ever have had one car. Yeah, I'm not. I've never been one of those people that has like their project car and then their daily. So if something happens to their project car, it's like whatever. At least I can still get to work. Yeah. For me, it was like no. Like if I don't have my car, I have to like depend on somebody else and fuck up their schedule to get me to work. So every time something would happen to one of my cars, I would be in like this big rush where I had to get something. But I was so like intent on getting something because at that point in my life, I mean, it is still that same way, but like cars were everything like cars, right? My car was my release. And it's like, exactly. You don't just want to go and buy whatever right, fucking just minivan whatever fucking just so you drives. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> my parents helped me again. Mm-hmm. I will dude. my parents have helped me with so many things and like, they're just so supportive and I, God, I'm I'm yeah, just so, I'm I, I can, so lucky for that. I can man. say the exact same for mine. Uh, you know, I've found myself in plenty of situations that have really fucking sucked, and yeah. I've been lucky enough that my parents have like I'm just we're, me out with that. We're both so privileged for that. Um, and anyway, so that was when so I'm looking for a car, and I stumbled on that Impreza wagon, mm-hmm. the blue Impreza wagon. It was in Athens, Georgia, um, and that was like. Uh, fuck like an hour and a half away from me at the time yeah and so me and the guy spoke it was on craigslist and me and the guy spoke and you know how when like when you're on craigslist or marketplace or something and you text somebody or you message somebody you can get a feel for like how weird or like normal they are pretty quickly (laughs) you know what i'm talking about yeah he was very clearly like a normal dude Mm. And so me and him were like talking and he was kind of like, yeah, we can meet like halfway. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. To drive it. And we met up halfway. Before you continue with that, I want to make a suggestion that can help anybody else, not with cars, but with wheels as a way to avoid any of those like awkward and super annoying things with marketplace or like Craigslist or whatever. Uh, this show sponsor wheel price <laughs> is like the perfect answer for that. Um, I'm going to get Liam like one of those little like dollar store trophies why? and just put it right. Because some of your transitions Find are like as smooth as I wish I was with women. Like 
Hey, so, like, so the fuck do I, dude? What do you mean? Bro, just <laughs> pretend they're a wheel price ad. You are you got it, dude. Anyways, wheel price is a great place for you guys to buy and sell wheels. You can, uh, if you're looking for your next set of wheels, it's like, hop on there right now and find some stuff. Uh, I know that John Ludwig, if any of you guys listen to his podcast is actually looking for a set of wheels for his new Mercedes. Um, so if any of you guys have anything that would fit what he could be looking for, list them on there so that he can grab them. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool app and it's run by a group of guys that are super down to earth and they are just like us, you know, bunch of guys that love cars that probably sit around in their garage and talk about cars um, they created this app and this this platform for buying and selling wheels. And uh, I think it's really, really cool. And that's why we wanted to have them as a part of this show. Um, and yeah, like I said, it kind of avoids some of the weird things that you deal with with Marketplace and Craigslist where you have to kind of feel out how weird a person is. You know, wheel price makes it easy. The wheels are on there. You can buy them. You can enter your card information like you would on a website and then you can pay, you know, to ship the wheels too. And the person on the other end, you don't have to have like a weird back and forth, which of course it's important to, you know, go over things and make sure there's no damage on wheels and get pictures before they're shipped, all of that stuff. But, but it doesn't have to be sketchy. Yes. It, it doesn't have to be sketchy. It doesn't have to be weird randoms. You know, the wheel price app is, it's for enthusiasts. So if you're an enthusiast and you're buying wheels or you're selling wheels, it's the place for you to be, to go do that. Um, so yeah, wheel price is a great app and go check them out. All of the links are in the description and, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Support those who support us and it goes towards making this show even better. So yeah, go check out wheel price. And, uh, anyways, back to what you were saying. <laughs> so yeah. So me and him were chatting. We met halfway, it was awesome. I had never driven a Subaru before and it was a five speed. So that was, it was just great. It yeah. was great. And it was basically like, it was me spec already. Mm. Like the guy, it was already like, and it was the guy before him that did most of that stuff. Mm. Um, I could go down the mod list, but for this and for the sake of time, that doesn't really matter. But it was me spec. Um, and it had some of my favorite wheels that I've ever had on any of my cars. It was the Enki RCG4s, the Enki gravel wheels. Mm. And, you know, I keep calling it Enki, and it's NK. It's NK. Anyway, sorry, that bothered me last time I said it. And they're like, no, it's NK. I used to say NK to be snobby, mm. but then I heard people... people <laughs> I heard people. I heard people say Enki. So I was like, that is easier. No, it's NK. It's kind of like when people say Toyota. You T- ever heard somebody say Toyota? Toyota? Toyota. No. It's I'm, like they say it is like, that like a southern T- thing. Yeah, they say it like T U H. That there Toyota. Toyota. No, anyway, sorry. Toyota. That was ridiculous. Um, yes. Yeah, so that, as it turns out, Dirt Rally, the video game, played a massive role in that decision. Okay. Because I started playing Dirt Rally. Um and I was like, fuck, rally cars are so fucking cool. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I run into a mean eye Impreza wagon with gravel rally wheels on it. And it it, it was like the dark blue, the same blue as like Colin McRae's like five, first five 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 Impreza, like the really dark one, not the one that everybody's used to now. Yeah. And it was that color, and it had the gold NKs on it. And I was like, this is amazing. 
And so I was able to get it. And God, I love that car. God, I hated that car. Okay. I had that car for a grand total of, I think, like eight months. The motor was out of it three different times trying to figure out a transmission issue. Jesus. And we replaced like every part of, I don't even remember all the parts, but we replaced like flywheel, clutch, fucking hole, um, the throttle, everything, cable, fucking whatever. We replaced so much shit and it still never fixed the crunchy third gear. And the thing about the thing about my story with cars is before like recently I have always had really bad luck with cars always. Yeah. For that reason I very rarely ever like push my cars regularly because at this point I know better because I just don't have good luck. So I think you're buying the wrong cars to be honest. Well, there's that, but I was like say Subarus would not be Well, my no, that's that's not even the point. As I I spent so long giving Subaru shit. But anyway, anyway. That car was fucking amazing when it drove. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Even when it didn't drive I loved looking at that fucking thing. Well, I ended up selling it for a dumb reason. Fun fact, um, Kamal up in Knoxville, he's one of the, like the guys at Killboy. He did a big turbo full WRX swap on that car. Mm. And he did like interior and everything. And I'll show you a video after we get off. But that he turned that thing into a fucking monster of a car. Damn. It was so cool. And he offered he offered it for sale for me before he even put it on like anywhere because he's like, hey man, like I know how much you loved this car. I know how much it hurt you. So when you had to like let it go. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna need to move on from it. But like I did this, this, and this. And I like fucking came when he was like telling me all the <laughs> shit that he did to it. Like it was so cool. But I didn't have the money at the time. Um, and so I couldn't do it. But anyway, from my Impreza, I went to my car that was, I loved it, but like 90% of people just hate the chassis, so they just didn't even pay attention to my car, was a Mazda Speed 3. It was mm-hmm. a 2006 Mazda Speed 3. I don't care what anybody says. Those cars are unbelievably slept on. Unbelievably slept on. I think they're cool cars. They, I've driven one. They are so cool. And the coolest part to me was... Oh, I actually owned a, another Subaru Impreza for like two days, and then <laughs> two it, days. and then it and then it started knocking, and I took it back to the dealer, and he fucking gave me my money back. But oh, that's once again a whole other story. But there was two days where I had two Subarus in my driveway, and that was simultaneously the coolest and the dumbest I've ever felt. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, so yes, so I ended up with a Speed Three again. It was completely stock. <laughs> And I had tax return money at the time and the tires in this. I, I feel like the guy probably had like aftermarket suspension and put it back to stock before I got it. Cause mm-hmm. that suspension was fucking toast. It was absolutely the tight. Like you get up to speed and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Cause the tires were just so fucked and like this, it was so bad. So me and my dumbass with all my tax return money, I was like, Ooh, 
Looks like I need to get wheels and tires. Well, the suspension's bad, so I might as well get coilovers. So I did all that shit at once. Yeah, that it kind of goes like that sometimes. It's like, oh, well, this is... It's always well, like it's that. like... And it's so easy. If you have the money to do it, it's like, yeah. why the fuck would you not? Yeah, oh, which well, is exactly if you got stuck, how... If you got stuck wheels and your tires are about to be bold, you're like, well, it doesn't make any sense for me to buy right. stuck if fucking you're gonna tires. Like get... Let's just get some wheels and some tires. And it's like, well, it's not going to look right, so got to put some coilovers exactly. on it. Exactly. You do the coilovers and you're like, well, it doesn't fit right, so i got to get some control arms to make sure <laughs> this so it escalates. It, uh... It was a black car. I put white Sparco Terras and I got Advan tires for the sole purpose of doing the triangle Advan fender stickers. Oh my God. Dude, I thought it, I loved that car. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It looked so good. It was simple. It was clean, but it was still like really aggressive. And it was just like, all of my cars or the majority of my cars are like this. Yeah. They're just like, it's for me. Like they're just, (laughs) they're really low key. Yeah. But they check all of my boxes. Right. Um, Well, especially for someone who that's your only car too. Like I imagine if you'd ever gotten a daily, you probably would have like, if you had the opportunity, done a bunch of, Oh, absolutely. Yes. But you know, then at, at that time, as per usual, up until there's a money thing, but anyway, um, Yes, so that was cool. Blew the turbo seals. Love that. Found more problems. Ended up having to, like, that's that was my first of what became many irresponsible financial decisions after this. But so I was like, fuck, now I have to get another car like this and that. Like, I have to get rid of this one. I can't. I For two seconds, I was, like, doing the same thing. I was like, well, I could, like, upgrade the turbo, and I could this, and I could that. But yeah. I was like, no, I can't. I need a car to get to work. Like, so Japanese classics was pretty new at that time, or at least it was new to me. I had only recently started seeing their shit on Instagram. And I see the Majesta pop up on Instagram. And they're selling it for like a little other a little under nine grand. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it. And I'm seeing that it has a 2J and I'm like reading about it and seeing that it shares so many parts with like the GS here so I could get parts here. Mm-hmm. It's already lowered. It's already on Some Japanese figures. It was, they were not ugly. Nah, but yeah. They were ugly to Liam. I liked them. I don't care. Um, so anyhow, I'm like, if I can get that for cheaper than I could get like arguably like a really meh car here. Yeah. That is a no fucking brainer. Oh yeah. So I did it. I uh I kind of I kind of lost the style train of thought. Okay, I'll rewind just a little bit for the style train of thought. The Impreza and the Mazda Speed both motorsports were, were like motorsports rally rally adjacent. Mm-hmm. And that whole time I was just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into like the rally stuff. And I'm still very deeply into the rally stuff and Rally just gets cooler as time goes on. Like for any anybody that watches WRC or even remotely knows about it right now, knows that those cars are absolutely insane. Like so many people talk about how crazy Group B was, and it was for obvious reasons. But like even though there's not people like in the middle of the stage now, like there used to be, those cars are absolutely monstrous. Like, yeah. and they, oh, yeah. they're like hybrid now. So dude, anyway, so 
rally is just a really fun thing to watch. It's really cool to look at the cars and like how they evolved and this kind of stuff. So that was kind of both of those cars came from that. The Mazda speed was a little bit long. Like the wheelbase was kind of long for that purpose, but I still did the best that I could to kind of mix it street, just how simple I kept it and the kind of choices that I made. Mm. And then sport Sparko tears are still like rally wheels basically. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yes. Then I got into the crown Majesta. The crown Majesta was you making like, a smart choice. It, well, smart, but also, yeah. It's, still a, so, it's like you were probably justifying it as like, it's still a cool car, but it's cheaper and probably more reliable and in better shape exactly. than any other alternative in the U S exactly. Right. And so I got it. And as you can imagine, I was in love with it. That car was, I, that car was cooler than I was mm-hmm. like period. End of story. And, and it for was a lot of people, like, people's cars are oftentimes yeah. cooler than they are. That car was cooler than I was, and it was just so cool to have a car. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was nice to get attention all of a sudden for my car, because that had never been a thing for me before. Mm. Like I said, I was always just laying low, always. Yeah. So being able to, like, be in a car where people are just, like, intrinsically interested because it's right-hand drive was just a really nice feeling, honestly. All the while, at this point, like... I had not not fast started when I had the RSX. So throughout this whole chain of events, you I had, had you know fast. not fast yeah. going on in the background. Um, yeah. So got the Majesta, and so obviously I started to pay more attention to like VIP stuff and Japanese cars. Probably and, like well, like, Japanese Jap- cars. It was all yeah. You've always been into it, but I feel like like Japan, Japan exactly, cars. Yeah. yeah. How the, so, the culture is over there. Um, and. You know, I I always fucking bitch about this, but like I had, had I been able to do all of the things that I wanted to do to that car, I could park next to Elliot Elkgroth if I wanted to. (laughs) I had, dude, I had so many cool plans for that car, which just made it all the more heartbreaking when I got in a car accident and I lost that car too. So... That happened at just the worst fucking time. I think I, I've we've definitely talked about that on an episode before, like yeah, where yeah, that yeah. happened in the scheme of my life. So after that, I just kind of gave up on it for a little while. I got a red Toyota Tacoma two wheel drive, and I, it was a five speed. Honestly, that thing was pretty neat, but it was like I wasn't going to do anything. It was to just it. a car. It, it was, was just, just a car. A, a I wasn't. Be, yeah, I wasn't going to do anything to it. So from there. I made yet another, well, it was an okay fun. It wasn't super smart at the time, but it ended up playing out. Mm-hmm. But I traded in that car for the Forester. So my Forester was set up and used for like, I'll give it more credit than saying it was a soft rotor. Like I did off-roading in it, yeah. but it was nothing insane because it was a Subaru. So there's no, I didn't have four high or four low and I only had so much ground clearance, (laughs) but I did. That was honestly a car where I did like 90% of what I wanted to do with it. 
yeah. you know, within the foreseeable future. And that was obviously a pretty, I mean, not super far away from, you know, rally styling, but right. it was obviously it, a, a different thing. Well, from that was the thing doing. is it was kind of a cool mix because obviously, and it was a five speed also. So obviously like when I got back into a five speed Subaru from the same general time period and the design language was still there, I was like, fuck yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I did, I kind of said it, it certainly leaned more towards like off road, but like, I just took all of these cues from these off-road rigs that I would like see, you know, shout out Mason Gavin for the one millionth time, you know, cars that he had had, you know, cars, off-road rigs that I would just see on the road, like, you know, to just shit with like little red uh, U-hooks just Mm -hmm. out there. When I started to notice the red U-hooks that they had on like fucking the newer Forerunners and like people would have the TRD Forerunners with the TRD rock plate on the bottom it said trd and they'd have the hooks i'm like that's so fucking cool yeah and so i just started little shit like that it was just you know i would be sucking up these things from like by osmosis then i would be like would that work on the forester yeah i'm gonna try it yeah and it did yeah like honestly i i was really proud of that car i was also really proud of that car the longest i have ever owned a car was a subaru yeah I owned that car for three years. And it was a great car. It was a great car. And I had so much fucking fun with it. And every fucking time I came out the other end of the trail, I would pat that thing on the dash and be like, thank you for that. Thank you for making it. Because yeah. like it was a... Anyway, so yeah, so I had the Forester for three years. And so in doing that, I got to dip, you know, I got to dip into like the off-road stuff. So now if you think about it... I started out like being attracted to like the camber stuff. So I brought the being like lower than I need to be yeah. to the RSX. But other than that, I was building like with that street sport style. Anybody that knows what the movie Akira is, Liam does not because he doesn't watch anything, any anime or I'm anything uncultured. anime adjacent. But anybody that knows what Akira is, I tr- I want to build cars that could live in that universe, basically. Um, and that was the approach that I took to my RSX. That's the approach that I'm taking to the TSX, even though it's more like it leans more Blade Runner this time. You'll see. You'll see. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's like I went from like my street sport thing that stayed consistent, but I went from the street sport thing and then the rally thing, and I stayed with the rally thing, but like with the Mazda speed, I started to get more interested in like like touring cars and mm-hmm. like fucking like vents and shit and fucking just you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It kind of deviated, it branched out even more from the rally stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then from there, all of a sudden, I'm like really heavy into like learning about VIP shit mm-hmm. because of the Majesta. <laughs> And then after the Majesta, I'm into like off-roading shit. Yeah. Just all kinds of like that, different it's, takes. It's honestly from different been so fun for me. Like it's that process at so many moments was just unbelievably stressful and it sucked. Yeah. But when I like look back on it now, I'm like, I got to taste so, so many, many different, different styles. Types, yeah. And it's just like for me, it's created like a really cool. Oh yeah, well I mean a that's a really cool like overall style, but I think the funniest part is 
the style that I started with still remains my style. You yeah. can see it in all the cars that I did. And once I get the TSX where I want it, you're still going to see it. I mean, yeah, it's going to be the same thing. It's really simple, really the same vibe as like where I was going with the RSX. Yeah. But it was really nice to get to like dip my finger in and like taste all of these different things. And so it's like now I'm at a point where it's like, at least in my opinion, I know it looks good when you like mix little cues of that with yeah. other stuff because I've exposed myself to so many different random shit. Which talking of uh, in our Discord, do we have an off-road section? No, I was thinking maybe we should add that. I need to make one. I added. Uh, somebody asked me. I don't remember who. Sorry, guys. But somebody asked me about like an automotive gaming section. Yeah, I did see that that got added. And I was, yeah, and I was like, that's a good fucking idea. So I added that. But yeah, yeah you're right. We do need to add an yeah. off-roading section. I think but uh, for anybody who's interested, we do have a Discord. Uh, we try to keep it pretty low-key just for people that are, you know, really about the shit that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, all these different subcultures and styles and stuff. Quick um, shout so, out to you guys, by the way. We yeah, really all, appreciate all you guys you in the Discord. The are Discord. Awesome. Um, and it's just, it's a cool place to kind of just like share different ideas and things that you've come across over the years or like whatever. Um, but we have all these categories of different subcultures and there's people that are just posting up in there and you get kind of like a lot of the stuff that we're talking about on this episode. And I'm going to get into in a minute is, these different subcultures and our takes on style. And I think that the, the discord for anybody that maybe isn't sure where they want to go, or even if you're not, it's just, it's a cool way to expose yourself. It's cool to intake references. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool way to see references of different styles and takes on certain chassis and stuff. And, and, potentially expose yourself to something that you weren't you weren't aware of before yeah. or whatever and and we love that uh so um, yeah pause yes. yes i'm going to piss my pants let's let's go <laughs> pish anyways um, yeah the the discord's sick so if any of you guys want to join it the link is in the description and if for some reason i say this every week if the link is expired or whatever even though i always change the settings just send me or matt a message and we can hopefully send you the actual that, link. Hopefully we can get that figured out. Cause it is really, it is really annoying is for everyone out. because, well, no, I'm like, I don't know if we need to like email support or if I'm missing Maybe, something, but it yet. literally on my settings, the same thing. Yeah, Like I have it on the never option right. and it still happens. So I'm not really sure what the deal with yeah. that is. But um, before we wrap this up, I'm going to jump into kind of, where my tastes have gone over the years and how I've gotten so like into VIP cars. Um, and ultimately like the direction that I've gone with the LS. Um, but yeah, like a lot of what I've said is, you know, my, my taste in cars have always kind of been interested in the cars that are aggressively fitted, but they're still super clean and fairly simple, nothing too crazy. And naturally that kind of summarizes how VIP cars are. Um, and a lot of what drew my attention in initially was seeing some cars on Instagram before I'd really been exposed to anything in Japan. I was seeing the cars that were in the U S which at the time, and this is years back, um, Elvis from stance nation, his LS 400 huge influence. Even today, that car is incredible. Um, but when he was building that, I was paying close attention to it. And then it was when I went to import Alliance for the first time and I saw, uh, Larry's Y 33, mm -hmm. that was another car where I was like, damn, you know, 
like we kind of said in the episode where we had Lucas on here and we talked about VIP cars, um, it's a presence thing. And once you're in the presence of one of these, you know, big body cars, it's like on the ground, real aggressively fitted, you know, these massive body kits, all this stuff. Um, you really can't describe it other than that. It's just the presence of the car. Well, it's funny that you said that because I kind of thought about that. <clears throat> it's really interesting because I hadn't really thought of this until right this minute about the presence thing. It's certainly not, it's not the same feeling um but it's like it's kind of the same type of thing when you're like near like a really nasty like time attack car or something oh yeah it's a pre it is it's a presence where it's like you're looking at it and you're like that's holy crazy. fuck but it's yeah. just like you have where you're looking at a vip car you have that feeling and then when you're looking at some other kind of like crazy car yeah but that, i mean that's that's where that started for me was i was seeing these cars um naughty scotty's car was another one that like grabbed my attention back in the day i'd see his stuff on instagram and i just i don't know what it was and i think it, it may go back to a little bit of what i talked about on that episode with lucas where i've always i've always loved hip-hop i've always liked that culture the way it makes me feel and i think the cars kind of like hit the like they tick the right boxes for me there where it's like okay this feels gangster as fuck like mm -hmm. it, all the music that i'd listen to kind of just aligned with my tasting that's cars. always been my thing yeah. is if the music that i regularly listen to goes with my car amazing yeah. it's funny amazing. it's funny how that works out like everything about my car is 100% a representation of the type of music that i listen to cuz that was like with the majesta that was arguably my favorite part of it that's why i cry a little bit inside whenever you talk about how like when you're driving at night and you have like the dash in front of you yeah i cannot tell you how many times i would be out driving around atlanta like downtown the perimeter fucking everywhere i would just be driving and like listening to like retrowave yeah and it would just be me and my 90s ass fucking car, right hand drive, no less. Digital dash. Digital dash. And it's like, what's funny is even with the Forester, Joey Hoke said this one time, and it just like made the car for me for the rest of the time. It's so funny. It was like <clears throat> his Riverside before the pandemic. I don't remember which one, but I had him. I think it was Charlie. I believe it was Charlie. It might have been somebody else, to be honest. No, it was it was Charlie. I just yelled the mic, sorry. Um, it was Charlie. But anyway, Joey was like, This is like this feels like we're in an anime right now. Cause I just had like lo-fi on and it was raining. Yeah. And we were just in the forester and I was like, Oh fuck. All of a sudden I'm like astral projecting outside the car and just like seeing my <laughs> and ever since then, ever since then, whenever I drove that car mm. with like lo-fi on, I was just chilling and it just fit it just, it just worked yeah, and it's yeah. just like that's it's that is, that's that is the best it is that the is fucking best because it adds like this whole other layer oh yeah well i mean that that is another thing that's interesting too is because like my taste in cars has always been based around aesthetics and making cars look cool or look cool in my eyes at least some people would disagree but um it always begs the question, you know, for people that don't understand it, they're like, well, how is that fun? 
Like if you build a car that is then like not that easy to drive or whatever, and it's kind of, it's just a hassle to drive. What's fun about that? It's that moment where you can see the car that you're driving outside of it in your mind's eye. Mm -hmm. And you're like, fuck, this is cool. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Like building a car that looks cool and, and ultimately ends up being a fucking hassle to drive. It's not about the driving experience like it is with other subcultures of car stuff. Like Mm -hmm. people who are enthusiasts that build like cars that are built for performance, they're supposed to go rip it up and down, you know, tail of the dragon, their track cars, drag cars, whatever it is, drift cars even. You know, that is primarily based around being useful. I will say, I will say, toge cars, cars for like mountain runs and shit. Mm Mm-hmm. If you listen to Eurobeat while you're doing that... Well, yeah, of course. It's like that on steroids. The the point that I'm making is that the fun for me is the feeling that it gives me when I drive the car that ties directly into music and how I relate that to how that car makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And also, like you said, like kind of astral projecting and imagining seeing the car rolling. Mm -hmm. That's why anytime like I get like a video of my car Yeah, it changes it completely. uh, Yeah, and it was like the other day when... Dude, because I took the car out earlier in the week because i was like i was having a good day i was like okay i want to take the ls out i haven't driven it in a couple of weeks i've kind of just been like turned off of doing anything with it because i'm just i just don't want to fuck with it right now like it just needs to go off to paint i can't really work on it anyway i took it out and just to be safe i was like yeah i'm gonna put some air in the tires and so i drive to the gas station that's close to us that has like a nice entrance and it's a nice newer gas station. I pull in there, go to put air in the tires. And for some reason, it's just not airing up the tire. I'm like, that's fucking weird. So I go and like do something else, mess with something. And I'm like, all right, let's try this again. Let's air it up. So I put more money in the machine, go to air it up. And I'm, I'm like holding it on there and it feels like it's going up. And I'm at an angle where I can't quite see the gauge that's on like the machine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just holding it there, like in the right position where I know it's not leaking out air. I'm like, okay, we're good. Well, I hold it there for the whole five minutes and then it gets to the end and like the machine is done. And I, I like pull my, my gauge out that I have in the car and put it on there. Zero PSI. It let all of the air out of the tire. And I was like, you fucking joking? I was like, whatever. I'll just put, you know, another $2 in the thing and we'll air it back up. So I did the same thing and held it there for five minutes. And if you guys have ever like held the, the it's very tire thing inflation in like a certain angle and just putting pressure on it for five minutes straight, it fucking sucks. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And of course it did absolutely nothing. So I did the same thing again. It did absolutely nothing. And I finally like walk over to the gas station because I'm like, shit, I wonder if they like sell air compressors or whatever. And as I'm walking up, there's a lady that's like picking up trash and she's like, are you getting air? I was like, well, I was, but it let all of the air out of my tire. And she's like, yeah, it's broken. I was like, oh, okay, well. Thanks for telling me after I wasted all that time. Did you guys like, did you guys want to put a sign on it? And she was like, no, we, we don't run the machine. It's just on our property. I was like, but you didn't want to put a sign just to maybe let people know. Cause I was like, I, I can't drive anywhere now. Like my car is stuck there i can't do anything and she's like damn that sucks i was like i was like y'all sell air compressors she's like no i was like okay so i had to get matt to come pick me up and then we drove however fucking far away for me to buy that ended up turning into an adventure actually it did did. we fucking stopped and ate yeah and then (laughs) but anyway i don't i don't know where i was going with that um but no i remember where you're going with it what when we got home, I was like driving oh, okay. behind yeah, him yeah. the whole time. And I was like, you know, that when you see those, I'm talking to listeners when I say, you know, 
when you see those videos of VIP cars in Japan and they're just like so stiff, like when they're like on the highway and they're like go over a bump or something and the whole fucking car just goes. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. I'm like driving behind Liam and his cars and just like looking at the back of that car because on the LS, it's like the the back of the car looks like if somebody took a cone and then cut it off in the middle. It's just like it all kind of I can't fucking describe this and whatever. If you're on YouTube, it goes like this, like it kind of comes to a point, so to speak. So anyway, it's small enough that like the camber that he's running is even more apparent. And just sitting behind it, I was like, holy fuck. I feel like I'm watching a video on YouTube right now. Like it just it just felt like for literally for lack of a better way of describing this. It felt Japan as fuck. Like it just, it was (laughs) unbelievable to just like watch it like skating around like that. Yeah. And then as soon as we got home, like you were telling me that and you're like, you need to see this like with your eyes, not just with the camera. So at some point I need to have someone else drive it so I can, I can see that because that will be, you know, all and any of the motivation that I need to like get shit done with it. But, um, yeah, my my taste in VIP cars has really just come from stuff that I have seen and absorbed on the internet for a really long time. And then like when I moved to the US and start going out to events, I would see some cars in person. And granted, I didn't ever really get exposed to like really crazy VIP cars. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just it just isn't that big of a thing. Like there there are cars here in the US, but they're in they're in California, they're in New York, they're in South Florida. They're like specific to those areas where like the groups and the clubs are for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and everywhere else, it's not really that big of a thing. So like seeing, you know, Larry's car and, and Scotty's car were really like the closest thing I had to like seeing a crazy VIP car in person. Um, but that was enough for me. And then, then coming to Riverside, I'd see like a couple big body cars. I'm like, man, these things are so fucking sick. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just, uh, it's been easily probably 10 or 12 years that I've been like paying attention to Mm -hmm. VIP cars and just like, that's really cool. That's really crazy. You don't like that so much. I like that a lot to where, you know, when I finally got around to, to this thing, you know, four years ago, that's why it looks the way it does now is just because everything that I've taken over the years and paid attention to is just like, all right it's time. This is, this is the car. Yeah. This is, this is where I finally, like I have the canvas and I can paint the, the painting that I want to do. Um, so yeah, you know, the, I didn't go through the same kind of phases that some people did. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, I always felt like an outcast. Like I've always, I've always lived vicariously through my camera with any kind of car mm-hmm. stuff. And I've always just wanted to be like everybody else. I just wanted to have like, a sh- cheap shitty car and like express myself i always want i wanted to fucking plastic dip the wheels and i mean all that technically shit. you can still do it, it just wouldn't i can't make any fucking sense yeah people would be like yo why why are you doing that but anyway one, i, I kind of skipped that one mention that i want to just poke in there for my style i've never had one of these cars because my cars are always my daily and mm. i could never i've never even really looked but i could never rationalize it being my only car but like shakaton cars mm. and like Kaido cars are like my other thing that I really, really love just by proxy through like photos and like seeing them at shows and stuff. And Kaido cars, like especially 
Shout out to Dante Winters at Funky Cats and uh, <clears throat> Chance. I'm so sorry. I don't remember your last name at this moment, but he's another good friend of mine. He's up in Detroit. It's uh, at street underscore bangers with a Z. They, I guess, I only found out about Moonlight Runners later. They're a group in California that are like, my favorite group that's doing Kaido racers in the U S there are other groups that I'm just won't get into that. But, um, you know, my two friends, Dante and chance were the first exposure of like really serious effort, well executed Kaido cars in the U S yeah. And they don't have the same presence as like big body or like motorsports cars. No, it's not but the they, same, but they, they, have they definitely own, have a presence. Yeah, they have their own brand, and it's just like they're it's just such a cool feel. Like, cause with like the older Kaido and Shakotan cars, that is that's to me, that's like film. Yeah. Like that's like this really analog, like organic feel because those things just they've been around for so long and there's so much that you can do with those just with little things that give them like so much more character and like attitude mm-hmm. just regular cars never mind you know kaido cars and shit like that but like that's the one where like i said i've never had one because i just could not rationalize getting one as a daily but you know if i ever get the chance to get one like i would i would really really like to um and then my little, little 10% by proxy that I'm absolutely all over is like low riders and mini trucks. Honestly, we, it's, we can it's both a, kind of, yeah, it's a bigger that. percentage than that. Honestly, I just don't, I don't have any real world connection with that outside of going to like low rider shows whenever I can make it, which yeah. has been like twice in the last like five years. Yeah. But like, I think it's pretty obvious if you've listened to either of us talk about this kind of stuff, like how much we really enjoy that. But like the reason I even bring that up is because I remember that if I were, I was playing with the idea for a little while. If I was going to do anything to the Tacoma, I wasn't going to bag it or anything, but I was just going to like do lowering blocks and get it like as low as I could Mm -hmm. and just get like, not Dayton's, but maybe like some American racing or like goo cars or something. It's just a really like classic, Simple, like yeah. bubbly five spoke. Yeah. And then, or, um, moon eyes, moon discs, one or the other. And then I was going to have like, <clears throat> excuse me, the little, you know, the little yellow moon eyes logo mm. and where the wheel arch ends and meets like the side skirt. You know what I'm talking about? That little, okay. Wheel arch, yeah, side skirt. This little area right here at the very corner, yeah. I was gonna have like a moon eye sticker right there on either side. Oh, okay. And then just have like a clean interior with like, weirdly enough, I don't know like the proper name for this, so forgive me. But like one of the Mex, I know what it is in Bolivia, but not in Mexico. But like one of the Mexican blankets that has like the rainbow, like Uh, yeah, I know know what you're talking about. And I was gonna lay that over the seat. And I was just going to keep it really clean and have like a moon eye shifter on it. Mm-hmm. Just roll just with that. that. Simple, yeah. Just that. It would look so fucking cool. But I was just like, I cannot touch this fucking truck because yeah. I'm going to get rid of it in less than yeah. six months. Yeah. But like that was probably the closest I ever came to like 
doing you know older styling kind of stuff but i'm just we we both have i think so well some influences that are similar like we both agree like low rider stuff has i been think the only big. real deviation between the two of us is how is, into motorsport i am yeah that that's 100 percent the biggest i difference think between i think us. everything else you and i appreciate a lot of the same stuff yeah and i like my like some of the cues that i've taken from other cultures over the years like growing up in europe being exposed <laughs> to that european scene um a lot of my like i don't know attention to detail with chrome and like following along with uh, certain brands mm-hmm. has like tied into how I've like built the LS too. Cause like with Volkswagen stuff, you know how those guys like they always stick to the parts either being like OEM plus, like you know how like people do like fucking yeah. Lambo brake swaps on yeah, or like Audi wheels, GTIs and shit, or stuff like that. Like, like that. That kind of thing is followed over to how I do stuff with this car too. Mm-hmm. In that, like, if I find a brand that I like, like their style or whatever, I'm sticking to it. Yeah. So that's how I've ended up with Vleen. Like, there's been a whole cool story with that, but like, that's been something that's followed over as well as like details with Chrome. Like, yeah. I, I, a lot of people get rid of Chrome because they don't like it. I think it's a key part of keeping any car like classy. Too much Chrome tacky the right amount of chrome is really classy and so that's why i've been adamant about keeping chrome on the ls is because i think that there's a balance and like finding the right amount of chrome really ties it together as being a classy looking car which i'm not going to say my car is classy because it's not it's kind of a little (laughs) bit crazy but like say it's a little little too low to be classy and then that ties back into low riders too low riders is the same thing chrome is a big thing in low riders and I've always been obsessed. Well, I mean, when I was real young, like low riders for me was the shit that like I was looking at magazines or videos on the internet because it encompassed the shit I liked, the music it's, I liked. It's the the cars were me, bright and cool. It's the mixing of styles that I I personally think that I have a pretty good conceptual. That's a weird way of saying that. <laughs> I I think that. If if I had the resources <clears throat> on hand at any given time, I would be pretty good at being able to like mix cues in a non tacky way because yeah. I have like e- whether it's been around or just by osmosis by looking at so much shit about them. Yeah, like mixing styles. Like you're a, oh really quick. I had a 1986 Honda Accord hatchback. Oh, it, okay. it was a project car, and I like. That was the first time that I, I didn't even really do it. I did like 50% of it, but my shop foreman at Honda helped me to like rebuild and reseal the motor. Yeah. But anyway, that thing was cool. You guys should look it up. It's a, it was a 1987 Honda Accord LXI hatchback. They're literally like Honda AE86s. Um, but yeah, so that the reason that I reminded me of that is like Eurolo, we were having a, a discussion about this in Discord actually. For anybody that doesn't know, Euro lowriders mm-hmm. are like lowriders that they made out of like other shit. A lot of yeah. a lot of Japanese cars, um, and like the third gen Accords, like that were like really popular platforms to do that with. And it's like the fitment is just like in that context. I don't hate it, but like outside of that context, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like they. 
they'll fucking the wheel will come out like a good one to two inches past yep. the fenders and yep. you have like the chrome Little trim on tiny the tiny wheels it would be really tacky anywhere else but like you may even be tacky in that style but it's just been done so much now it's just a part of it but yeah. like Euro lowrider is a perfect example of like I mean and of course Japan did it basically um, yeah eventually they moved on to like European cars also but that was a Japan thing mm-hmm. um, as far as I know as far as I know that was a Japan thing and that was just so cool like and it was so legit there was like a lowrider magazine and yeah. then there was a Euro lowrider magazine yep like in that that's that's just what's so cool to me about cars as canvases. It's like there's so many fucking directions you can go that with you these can things, go. Yeah. So that's why it kind of irks us when like people keep themselves in these boxes because they're afraid that somebody or nobody else is gonna like be into what they're doing or like like their choice or what. There are so many fucking things that you can do. And it's like, as long as you're not half-assing it, right? it's going to be cool as fuck. Even if it's not cool as fuck to me, if it's cool as fuck to you who built it, yeah. who fucking cares what I think? Right, right. If you... It will always be the same with me as an individual, Matt Clavijo. If I can see and or know... That you didn't half-ass it, and you had a vision that you were going for, you have my respect, period. I don't care if I like the car or not. I respect having vision and have... I don't want to use the word courage, because that's a little bit weighty for this context. But, like, if you had the balls to do exactly what you wanted to do with your car, regardless of what however you felt like anybody else was going to react or not react or like, like it or not like it, you're, you're doing it right. And what's hilarious is like, that was my whole thing with not fast for anybody that didn't know about not fast. It was our like tagline was build for you. Yeah. It was very simple. It's a very simple concept. And just like we've said a million times, if you do that, if you follow a vision and you don't half-ass your car, dude, you're going to have so much more fun doing this shit. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it on uh, us and our styles. I'm sure there's many other tangents that we could have jumped into and gone off on <laughs> with that. That's kind of how that goes. But, uh, yeah, that, I feel like that should be interesting for some of you guys. And, and honestly... If you guys are watching on YouTube and you're able to to post in the comments, I want to hear your take. I want to hear where where you guys you know came from and how your style has developed um, over the years. You can also do it casting. in the Discord. Yeah, you can absolutely do it in the Discord. But just just for ease of use, if you guys are on YouTube and you want to post in the comment section and let us know your uh, your background with cars and and how your style has developed please do we we want to hear about it it's it's really interesting um and i think that you know exposing yourself to more cultures within the community and different styles and takes on stuff and just being open to everything will allow you to build better cars and express 100%. yourself better um you know if i well, it's like when you have more this it's like this with any kind of like artwork creative endeavor when you have more tools to use, yeah, 
when you have an idea that you want to execute, oh, I have a tool for that. Right. But yeah, I mean, if if we were to change it around a little bit and be like, okay, I bought this LS400 as soon as I got my driver's license and just decided to start building it. Number one, I probably still, I probably wouldn't have the car still. I probably would have done something fucking stupid and wrecked it or (laughs) who knows any kind of shit. I could have gone some really dumb directions with it because I was young and didn't have guidance. Um, but because I'd taken the time to like really figure out what it is that I wanted and like how I wanted it to look. And I've, I've really stuck to that. There's been, there's been times throughout the process of building the LS that I've kind of veered off a little bit, at least in the start, I was just like, fuck, I really want to do stuff with the car. I don't have the money. It was like, whatever would pop up. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm just going to get that, put it together, figure it out. Um, but those were just stepping stones towards, you know, my ultimate goal, which is, close to where the car is now and after it's done you know with paint and all the interior stuff's done it's a complete car again um will be where I've, I've wanted this car to be for a long time but uh that's just kind of how it is you know it takes time to to figure out what it is that you want and really develop your style and i don't think that i'm a hundred percent gonna like just because i have a key interest in vip cars right now and like building my ls exactly the way i'm building it now i don't think that that's going to stay that way for eternity i think that my style is going to continue developing and and i'll figure out things that i like i feel like in that way i mean car i mean project cars obviously already a word but like cars are like like they're projects like yeah they're like case that that's Case that's studies. ridiculous but it, it, it makes the point that i'm trying to make is yeah. it's like if he you know goes through and does all of this stuff and builds this crazy vip car and then he has it for a little while and then all of a sudden your focus gets shifted to whatever else and i, I don't think i'll ever like you could turn around and be like all right now i want to do a case study on this style and exactly. i'm going to put the same amount of effort into this style as yeah. i did the ls i think like during my process of building the ls and just basing it off of like certain influences that i've taken from stuff over the years um i've started like i've been educating myself and learning more and more about vip culture and, and its roots and i'm starting to lean more towards like building something that is period correct to how VIP culture was back in the late nineties and early two thousands. And that isn't, you know, crazy low, big camber, insane fitment. It's, it's more paying attention to like the brands that are on the car and find finding and sourcing parts and refurbishing them to match a period, correct aesthetic stuff like that. That's not, not necessarily the same with this car where it's like, I don't care about the period. It's just, this is how I want it to look. I'll figure it out. Like I'm starting to pay attention to more things that I feel like are, a more mature take on a car. Well, um, it's funny that you talk about the more mature thing. I, we're going to wrap this up. I know, but yeah. like, it just reminded me of a conversation that was happening on the discord about like, ha- as happens with so many things and so many like car subcultures from Japan due to lack of knowledge for whatever reason, it's like, obviously most people, you know, consider a VIP, like your car mm. is like, the classically known like VIP setup. And then you have like, well that, but just the way you have it set up where Mm -hmm. it's like super clean and simple. Well, yeah, most, most people nowadays are like, that's a VIP. Right. So, but what I'm getting at is we're, you know, there was a conversation happening on discord talking about how there's like, there's VIP GT, but there's like even more than that. And it's like one thing I would really like to see 
at some point was like a VIP GT like 90s approach in the US because those cars are absolutely insane. Some mm. of them were ugly as sin, mm-hmm. but like still. Like, those cars were just so fucking rambunctious. It would be so cool to see one of those in person. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I think uh, I think style is something that is ever-changing and ever-developing. I don't think that anybody ever needs to be, like, tied to a box. Just because something you like now doesn't mean that you can't improve on that or change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always going to like VIP cars, but, you know, I kind of, like, I tickle the itch that I have with, with each thing. Like right. the LS was something that was in my head and like, I have to do this. This is what I want. And now that I'm like getting to the point where I like, I've done that. It's like, okay, here's another like take on a different style or whatever that I want to do because it's really interesting to me. Yeah. And I think I'll do that more and more. Maybe I'll, you know, do other chassis in the same way that I've done the LS or whatever, or try and do a VIP style with something that's not VIP, whatever it is. There's so many routes that you can go. And, uh, ultimately I think I owe everything with my taste in cars. I want to this see time somebody do a with, VIP uh, car with a full low rider paint job. Oh, uh, that would be fire. That yeah. shit would be crazy, right? Yeah. But anyways, we're going to wrap this up cause we've been talking for a, a long time and, uh, we don't want to drag it on too much, but appreciate you guys for listening. I hope that this was, uh, was an interesting episode. I know it wasn't like last week where we like talked about something that was super deep towards the end of the episode. And we ended up coming like to a cool conclusion, blah, blah, blah. This is just us telling our stories and, and going off of that. But I feel like this is still, I had still interesting. So. I did have fun, but, uh, yeah, if you guys are on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to give this podcast five stars. It will uh, ultimately help us out in the long run whenever podcasts get bigger. Um, we want to be up there as one of the, the top listened to podcasts in the space. I feel um, like another, it's really quick, I feel like another car podcast popped up or I saw like somebody posted it on their story. You see how that works, you guys? I have no idea about that, but I just noticed it. On are you talking about story. the one that I was talking about, the late night show? Alex Burley? No. Oh, it's a, a different, different one. Podcast? Yeah, it's a different one. I don't huh. know. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. But like that was just to prove a point that I saw that offhandedly on somebody's story, and now we're both going to go look it up. Exactly. It's, so That's just how it works. Every week when we put these out, if you guys want to, you want to support this show, please share them on your story and tag us. Um, it does go a long way for getting this show out to new listeners. Obviously, podcasts are still a pretty new thing in the automotive space. Uh, there's not a ton of people doing them. Um, and for anybody that likes podcasts, I'm sure that it, you know, if they saw it, they'd be like, Oh cool. I want to check that out. But even for people that don't know podcasts, maybe it's something new for them. Um, it'd be cool if they found it from, from your Instagram, if you shared it, uh, super also super extra. Thanks specifically just because I spoke to somebody today that lives in the Czech Republic and listens to us. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's outside the U S and listening to us. Thank you. Like, like that's just that I, I, I knew that we had people outside the U S listening, but it just, I don't know. It kind of hit me all at once when, when me and him spoke, like shout out Pavel. Um, wait, is that who you're talking to? Uh huh. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, Pavel, Pavel's like, He's he's been around. Yeah. When so when me and him spoke, I, I'm definitely gonna wrap this up because we're like going really long. But like <laughs> I I just I appreciate you guys. Like it's it's really it's always really cool when 
it's brought to your attention that whatever it is that you're doing, your idea has left the U.S. and oh, is yeah. appreciated by somebody else somewhere. That's just a really I mean, cool that's, feeling. So that's kind of the beauty of all of this <clears throat> stuff with cars is that it, it's a universal language, cars yeah. like all over the world, and there's different styles and takes in every continent. And it's cool that we can kind of dive into it and talk about it and have people from different countries contributing to these conversations Yeah, because I mean, it just helps us broaden our minds and share that with you guys and broaden your minds. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, so I just, thank you just to just everybody wanted to give a listens. special shout out. Yeah. To and everybody outside, you said, everybody in the U S too. You said but. Czech Republic. Yeah. I could have sworn he's in Estonia. He told me he was in Czech Republic. Oh, well, if he said Czech Republic, then <laughs> anyway, pa- shout out to Pavel. Yes. Great dude. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening. Please go click the links in the description for the Discord and the Will Price app. Go download that. Check it out. Support the show. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for another episode. And uh, that's about it. Thanks, Thanks, dudes. Thanks, guys, for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye.